everybody. Welcome into the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust. Stay tuned for the Wintrust Crosstown Series coming up at the end of May, May 28th and 29th, as the Cubs finish up their series against the White Sox. Tony Andracchi here, joined by Andy Martinez. And as you guys know, might notice from watching, if you're just listening, you might not be able to see, but we are out on Gallagher Way. Very windy day here for Fergie Jenkins Day, Andy. Uh, he mentioned that actually, just talking about it as his statue was unveiled, how he always noticed the wind whenever he was coming in. But then Billy Williams, we just had a chance to talk to him, and he is like, forget what Fergie said. Every time the wind was blowing out, he knew he had a little bit more bite on his slider. So he was fine pitching wherever. Obviously, the career numbers show, but just a very special day here at Wrigley Field. Andy, what were some of your takeaways from Fergie Day? Uh, I thought it was just a special moment and a day where, uh, so, you know, a legend. And as Tom Rickett said, the greatest Cubs pitcher in, uh, in history was honored um, to see so many people here, whether it was Billy Williams or Ryan Sandberg, but then some other, you know, players with no Cubs tie, like CC Sabathia or Adam Jones, to come out here to honor the great Fergie Jenkins, uh, Canada's greatest baseball player, the Cubs' greatest pitcher. It was it was pretty special to take that all in. Yeah, no, it was a great day overall. And, I mean, apart from the wind, it's really beautiful weather yeah. here. And we've had a little bit of cold, a little bit of rain this week. But, I mean, it's just simply gorgeous out here. And, yeah, to see, to see Billy, to see Fergie, and then obviously Ernie Banks and Ron Santo up here. And, I mean, I just love the look of this. This is the first time we have been down here, Andy, to see this. I know, you know, our producer here, Scott Shagnon, he, was, he had the time-lapse filming yeah. of all these statues coming up. But Jed Hoyer called it the Mount Rushmore of Wrigley. Yeah. And I love that phrase. And it's, it's really just so accurate and so right. true that these are the four pillars of Chicago Cubs baseball. Right. There are two other empty statues on the end, or, or bases for yeah. statues to come. So we're not quite sure who's going to get those yet. Obviously, nothing is announced and, and you know, hasn't been decided yet. But we'll see, you know, coming on. But uh, just, you know, we had a chance to catch up with Billy Williams. What were some of your takeaways from, from hearing about him talk about Fergie and all the complete games and how the game has changed, yeah. but, but just hearing from Billy himself, too? Yeah, one of my favorite stories that he told was when he got to face uh, Fergie Jenkins. You know, Billy Williams went on to Oakland, Fergie faced him. First at bat, Billy Williams hit a home run. And, and then there was another game where Fergie Jenkins threw a two-hitter against uh, against uh, Oakland, and the two hits were against Billy Williams. And Billy joked, he said, you know, had I known, I wouldn't have, I gave you those two hits for free. Had I known you, would have, you were throwing a no-hitter, I wouldn't have done that. Uh, so, you know, it's just the funny interactions that they had. You know, there were moments, I noticed when Fergie Jenkins went up on the stage, you know, he shook the mayor of Chatham's uh, hand. He, he shook Pat Hughes' hand. He shook Tom Rickett's hands. But when he got to Billy Williams, he gave him a hug. You know, that's the relationship they had. They were great teammates. They enjoyed their friendship. And you could just tell the genuine uh, brothership, brotherhood that the, 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 the pair had. Yeah, I mean, it really is just so incredible that, you know, the four of them all played at the same time. And one of the things Billy was mentioning was, you know, he was just talking about the Mets, and obviously we know what happened there where the Mets came from behind the Cubs. But it is, you know, obviously just sad that they weren't able to get the title. But one of the things they did talk about and was mentioned throughout was Fergie and, and uh, Billy mentioned was just obviously 2016 and what that meant here. And I know it meant so much to those guys to see that, to be around the, the club that fall as they were able to get here. So uh, definitely just a very cool moment overall. Very cool afternoon here. Fergie was in such a great mood. He was rocking the uh, the cowboy hat, and then I know you were a big fan of his boots. Uh, yeah, he had these awesome cowboy boots. I didn't get a chance to ask him about the cowboy boots, but they were pretty sick. I, I posted a photo on Twitter. Maybe we'll, we'll try and embed it somewhere so you can see it uh, on Twitter, but very, very cool uh, boots that he was wearing along with the cowboy hats. And then just the grand entrance uh, with, the, with the town crier proclaiming it Fergie Jenkins Day. I mean, it was just 
I've never experienced anything like it. Like it was just very, very cool for sure. Yeah, when we were walking down, Andy, one of the things I was saying is the closest I've been to experiencing something like this is the day Kerry Wood retired. So, you know, 2012 after he made that appearance against the White Sox and and that was something special for sure. And being out on Wrigley Field, I mean, no offense to Kerry Wood, but this is amazing. This yeah. is like an incredible event and honor and to see the statues up and the Mount Rushmore as we talked about it is just really cool. But, you know, let's hear from the man of the hour. He came up and, and give a great speech out here. Again, he did talk about the win. The pages were blown just a little bit here in Gallagher Way. But let's hear from Fergie right now. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, everybody in Chicago. Great fans. Appreciate that. Thank you. When I was a little kid growing up in Chatham, Ontario, throwing rocks at passenger trains, Never did I imagine being a 20-game winner, all right? Being an all-star, winning a Cy Young, and being a member of the 3,000 Strikeout Club, or even being in the Hall of Fame. But now this statue is sitting beside my fellow teammates, Ernie, Billy, and Ronnie. Believe me, I'm humble. I stand here, a proud man, also humble. First, I'd like to thank the Cub organization the Ricketts family, Tom, Laura, and Todd. You brought something to the north side that generations of Cub owners couldn't do. A world's champion to the north side. Like that tells me, it won't be the last. As a player, I had three incentives. You play for the team, you play for your family, you play for the fans. I had the best team, the best family, and the best guys to play ball with. Believe me. Thank you, because I had an incredible family. Ferguson Jenkins Sr., my mother Dolores, Louise Jenkins, they were always supporting me in my career. And I wanna thank my first wife, Kathy, and my children, Kelly, Dolores, Kimberly, Raymond, and, and Samantha. Incredible grandkids, too. Thank you. I wish the wind would stop. The wind's blowing out to right field. Watch out, boys. Jeez. Oh, really? I pitched many a day coming up Addison and, and turning onto the ballpark and going, oh, the wind's blowing out again today. I'm grateful because I had a great family. It was a great experience, especially uh, because of today, you know. I think of the statue will be long here after I'm gone, and it's a great tribute to myself and my family. You know, knowing and being a part of, the, of a professional family is not easy. They sacrifice a lot, day in and day out, so an individual like myself can live out my dream. And it's nice to know my grandkids will be able to see Grandpa Fergie for days and years here in Wrigley Field. As a player, I was given the opportunity to pitch for the best managers in history. <clears throat> best managers in baseball history. And there's a few names I can't remember. 
I can recall all of them, but, but I'm going to give a shout-out to a couple. My first manager, Leo DeRocher. All right. He was an extreme and unconventional individual. Okay. Come on, Wynn. Relax. <laughs> a few things are about Leo, and there's a few stories I'd like to share with you, especially one. The Cubs were having spring training in Palm Springs playing the Angels in 1968 in California. I'm sitting in the dugout in the second inning, and, and all of a sudden all the players stopped looking down the right field line. The fans stopped. The game stopped. The umpire stopped the game. And who comes in but Frank Sinatra and his entourage. Leo DeRocher motions him to the dugout. The game stops. Frank comes down to the bench and coaches the Cubs for two innings. <laughs> Believe me, that was incredible. <coughs> you know, I had another uh, great manager at the time, Billy Martin, and we were together in Texas together. And he was the individual that said to me, he said, I've heard you can't win anymore. And I said, Skip, you give me that ball every fourth day, I'll win you some ball games. So, one of my best years I've had in, was in 1974. I was able to, to win 25 ball games and win the Comeback Player of the Year award. You know, every pitcher needs a good pitching coach, and I was very fortunate enough in the Philly organization to have Al Widmar and Cal McClish, especially Cal, taught me that slider in winter ball. Biggest things that he pitching coach can teach you. You have to plan the game. You execute. You know how to pitch to certain hitters to set them up. Mount awareness. This contributed to my success. You play the game as a youngster, and you dream of being a professional ball player. And you see some of the greatest players play. And I was very fortunate enough to get scouted by the Phillies, Gene DeJura, and signed at the age of 18 out of Chatham, Ontario. His son, Chris, is here. Hi, Chris. Where you're at. Then came the trade from the Phillies to the Cubs to one of the best cities in baseball, Chicago. My first roommate, Byron Brown, is here. Where you at, Brownie? Where you at, Brownie? All right. All right. 1966, we were roommates. We had a lot of fun. My other roommate was Ernie Banks, a special person, a special player. He taught me more than just what the game of baseball was all about. He taught me to respect the game and be a professional and be a professional all the time. As a pitcher, I learned to win. Losing never entered my mind. I had teammates that definitely helped me in that situation. Ernie, Billy Williams, Randy Hunley, Rich Nye. Ron Sando, Glenn Beckard, Kenny Holzman, and Don Kessinger, and so many others. Without them, I wouldn't have been as successful as I was. Now, I want to thank the loyal Cub fans, especially the Bleacher Bums, for their love and support. Without you, it wouldn't have been possible. Truly, the best fans in baseball. Lastly, I want to thank all my friends and and fellow players, professionals, and friends, and fellow Chathamites that are here. All right. I know you travel 
far and wide to be here. I'm glad you had a chance to celebrate this day with me. Thank you. When I was 14 years old, my dad took me to my first Major League ball game, and I seen Larry Doby hit two home runs in Tiger Stadium. I turned to my dad, and I said, Dad, that's what I want to be, a professional ball player. Little did I know it was going to work out so good. <laughs> but, you know, I thank my father for giving that opportunity because he was an individual that played in the Negro League, he barnstormed in Canada, and he gave me that incentive to be a ball player, along with so many others. My dream came true, thanks to the Cub organization. Mr. Wrigley was my first owner, and believe me, he gave me that opportunity to really shine as a Chicago Cub. Once again, I want to thank the Ricketts family for this particular day and the statue, and my dreams have come true. Now let's have the Budweiser flowing, and don't forget to have one in the honor of Ron Santo, Harry Carey, and Mr. Cub Ernie Banks, and Billy and I will celebrate it together for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With Cubs checking, you'll score a Cubs debit card so you can show your support every time you pay. Open today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. All right, we just heard that awesome speech from Fergie. As he, his statue was unveiled, he had a lot of family here. He gave a shout-out to the fans, of course, and the entire organization. But, Andy, I know one of the things we've talked about that stands out to both of us is the numbers, the complete games, the innings, the strikeouts, all of that. Just can you talk about, can you wrap your head around these numbers that Fergie put up? 325 innings in a season is, like, mind-blowing. I mean, I think nowadays it might take two or three starters to do to cover that many innings. Um, those numbers will probably never be touched again unless something dramatic changes in the game. Those numbers are, are entrenched. The complete games, the innings pitch, the wins, those numbers will probably never be touched again in Cubs history. They'll be, they'll be like the statue. They'll be immortalized forever. Uh, and it's, it's fitting that it's Fergie Jenkins that will have those numbers forever uh, in Cubs history. Yeah, I mean, just 325 innings. Like, for the last three years, Kyle Hendricks has led the Cubs in innings. I don't think he's even up to 300 no. yet, you know, with the short in 2020 season. So it's just incredible to think that. And I, one of the things I did like that Fergie said was, I'll take the ball every fourth day. Yeah. And it was like he specified fourth, and he, he punctuated a little bit. And I like that. Obviously, the game has changed so much from the 60s and 70s. But, um, you know, it, this whole thing was just obviously very cool. And we will have more on our app, the Marquee Sports Network app, and check out marqueesportsnetwork.com. And then also we're airing uh, the Ferguson Jenkins story, Glory and Grief. So that documentary was amazing. It was incredible. It's on the app in its entirety right now. Definitely check that out. It's more about Fergie's life. It's, a, it's some of his career, but I, I learned so much just from watching it about his personal story, his family history, all the tragedy he's gone through. And he touched on it just a bit today, but, I mean, it, obviously just a very powerful documentary. Yeah, I would highly recommend checking it out. Um, you think you might know Fergie Jenkins, the pitcher, but there's so much more to him uh, that that documentary beautifully, so beautifully tells. And I would highly recommend you check it out. All right, and then we actually had the opportunity this week at Wrigley Field. It was a 
really momentous week here. Wilson Contreras hit his 100th home run, Christopher Morrell and Brandon Hughes made their debuts, and also this home run derby X thing that the league is doing. It's this, this awesome tournament that's coming up. Giovanni Soto is representing the Cubs. He was here at Wrigley, but we also talked with Spencer Owen. He is a London influencer who is the wild card on the Cubs team in this home run derby X competition coming up. So we caught up with Spencer as he went through this competition and get, experienced Wrigley really for the first time. Everybody, we're here with Spencer Owen. He's the wild card for the Home Run Derby X coming up. He will be paired with former Cubs uh, catcher Giovanni Soto. So first, Spencer, I know this is your, your first trip to Wrigley Field here and to Chicago in general. What's it been like? What are your first impressions of the ballpark and the city? I mean, it's amazing. It's incredible, right? The weather's out today. It's so nice as well, the sun. Uh, it's actually my second time to Chicago, but it's okay. the first time I've been to Wrigley Field. First time, uh, actually, I'm lucky enough to see the Cubs play on two other occasions, but never here. I've seen them play 12 years ago against the Dodgers when I was in LA on holiday and I saw them play um, against the Giants in San Fran but this is my first time here and it's special and I hear I'm throwing the opening pitch in like an hour and yeah. I, it's literally my opening pitch of my life because <laughs> I've never thrown a ball like that I'm, a, I'm an English soccer guy baseball is a whole new thing but I'm loving it I'm loving learning about the sport and I'm trying to get better slowly that's what I was going to ask you. So, did any practice go into this, and how, like, what kind of nerves or emotions are you feeling before this first pitch? In terms of pitching, nothing, because obviously my role in the home run derby is I'm hitting balls, right? So I have been training on that. I've got a coach in England. I've done about eight sessions so far, so it's quite early. We've got our first event in London in about uh, five, six weeks, and that's like my home event, if you like. Yeah. So um, I've got a bit. I'm gonna have some family and friends there, so there's a bit of pressure on me to get half decent. Um, but pitching wise, literally zero practice. I'm using the Conor McGregor throw as like a benchmark. <laughs> if I can do better than that, I'm happy. So how would you evaluate yourself as a hitter before this event comes up? I know you've had some lessons and you're working on it. What would you evaluate are your strengths and weaknesses right now with about a month to go before that London event? I'm trying to think of the strength. <laughs> Listen, it's so new for me, right? I'm getting yeah. better. That's the most yeah. important thing. Like I wasn't great at the first. I think my timing was quite bad. I think one of my bigger uh, struggles is I'm not like a I'm not like a fast twitch muscle fiber guy. Like in terms of other sports, like I'm a, I'm a distance runner, so I'm finding the, the explosive movement a bit of a challenge. I'm trying to train that. Um, so as a result, my timing's not great. But it's getting better. Um, I just want to basically be able to hit it as far as I can and hit it as well as I can. Right? I get 25 pitches at each event, so I don't know. I haven't really. We're going to uh, Raleigh in a few days and we're going to do a whole training camp and that's where I'm going to actually start give myself an aim and start going, right, I want to hit this many home runs or any home runs, I don't know. <laughs> I know I've got some amazing players on my team and I'm going to be leaning heavily on them. But yeah, I want to just show that steady improvement. You know, first event's in London, then we've got Seoul in South Korea, we've got Mexico City in Mexico and then the big final again in the States. So I need to be improving each event. So have you been sore as you've been practicing? Like, have you found your body's got, been sore in I've ways you didn't know? Look. I've got this new blister. That's oh not even the, that's my wrong hand. This is the actual hand. Uh, you know, I'm a right-hander. Wow. So I've got the blisters to show. Um, I did my first session without gloves, and that was a steep learning curve. So now I've got some gloves, and that helped. But yeah, that's part. I think that's part of the like, yeah the baptism Can of I see playing that, baseball. The blisters that's again? a weird one because it's not even on the the hand it should be on. Like I don't know what that is. It's like a blood blister. It hasn't gone away in like three weeks. So I think it's just there to stay. That was all from with before the gloves. Before you no, that was wearing... after the gloves. That's through the gloves. Wow. I know. I know. But um, that's fine, that's part of the process. So how has this whole experience been? And you know, I know, I think you got to meet Giovanni Soto today a little bit, just what's that like? And, and overall, like, 
What are your thoughts to be in this awesome, like, international home run derby? Yeah, so we haven't met Giovanni yet. We're meeting him later. Okay. But um, it's just like a bit of a dream come true to get to do this. Like, so my background is in soccer, but even that, I wasn't a high-level player. You know, I'm just so I kind of represent the everyman in this event, right? And I and I know I'm probably there's a lot of Cubs guys out there that are probably I'm very envious of what I'm getting to do. So I'm very appreciative of that. Um, so hopefully I can represent those guys and try and show that. Someone who literally has zero baseball experience, hopefully over a period of months, can get half decent, which I'm, I'm not yet, but I want to. Um, but I'm just so lucky to be here, really. Like, come to such a prestigious club like the Cubs, I get to represent the Cubs. Like, I've changed my bio on Instagram, I said Cubs player. <laughs> like, because technically I am, guys. For the next yeah. sort of six months, I can get away with that. So I'm going to say that, and hopefully I'll do the team proud. How did, the, how did your involvement start? I mean, did they approach you? Did you kind of approach them? And, and just what was so appealing to you about this opportunity? I wish I could say they saw me like playing. Yeah, okay. No, um, how it works is every team's got a wild card and those wild cards are like kind of uh, like influencers or whatever from social media. So um, we've got two Brits. So myself is someone from the UK. Uh, there's a girl called Liv Cook, who's a, a freestyle soccer sort of skill player. She's doing it as well. And then we've got two Olympic athletes I'm going up against in the other teams. Uh, we've got a uh, Korean uh, speed skater, uh, who I think has got Olympic silver or bronze medal. And we're going up against a Mexican um, uh, uh, gymnast, who's obviously got the frame for it already. Yeah. So yeah, I, I very much I think I represent the average everyday man who has you know average sort of hand-eye <laughs> coordination. And I just want to do sort of myself proud. I want to improve. I want to do the Cubs proud. And um, yeah, I don't know if that's the reason they picked me, because I'm, I am kind of an everyman, maybe. But we'll see if I can get a bit better than that. So one of the things, whenever I watch the Olympics, I always see like these athletes are amazing. But what would it be like to see an everyman try exactly. to compete? So that's your role in this in this whole expedition, right? Yeah, it's just I mean it's, it's so like I, I know you guys have shows like Dancing with the Stars. So we have yeah. like Strictly Come Dancing. It's called in our country. It's like obviously that's different. But it's taking these guys have no experience in something and they try and get good at you know ballroom dancing or whatever. This is very similar for me. It's over a long period of time, right? My first session was I think in late March and the finals in November. So it's like six months of more than six months of like three free practice sessions a week we're doing at the moment um, when we go to Raleigh in a few days we're doing like two or even three a day sessions we've got a practice event at the end of that time in Raleigh so if I can't get okay we've and I've got good coaches as well uh, Will shout out to Will my coach in England uh, he went to college in the States he, he played base, uh, uh, baseball here and he's represented uh, England in baseball as well so he's if I can't you know I'm having one-on-one -on -one coaching if I can't get uh, half decent in that sort of six to eight months then uh, it's my fault you know I've got all the tools at my disposal so I'm hopeful so how is the brushing up on like Cubs history and stuff gone for you like do you consider yourself an expert fan now I know you're part of the team but just in general the the lore and history of the stadium and, and this franchise in general what's that been like well that's that's what I'm learning before we're gonna hit that yeah. that's what I'm uh, <laughs> that's what I'm learning about like, I'm staying in the hotel that's literally right there and even in the room they have free books yeah. about Cubs history that I've been dipping in and out of but in so far my main focus has been on learning to hit the ball yeah. <laughs> that's got to be the priority right now but coming here and immersing myself in the sort of culture of it all you know getting part of it getting kitted out with my, my, my jersey and stuff is great so I really want to make sure that I do represent the Cubs well and when that first event comes around on July 9th I am you know a proper representative of the team I've got um, one of our big fans of our, of our soccer team at home is actually from Chicago okay and so he was giving me a load of notes telling me about the, the reputation as the lovable losers until obviously we went on one I'm saying we because I consider myself yeah. a Cubs fan uh, a few years ago and that's great that you know that was why I got involved if we hadn't won that <laughs> no um, so for me it's like yeah, I want to know as much as I can about the club. I'm going to get to see the game tonight. Hopefully we get a win against the Diamondbacks. And I can uh, yeah, do, us, do us proud. 
what was on your bucket list that you wanted to, to check off when you got to Wrigley here? Getting, you know, you've seen the team before, but here in the Ivy and the great weather, I mean, this is beautiful weather after yeah. a couple of maybe kind of colder games here, but just like, what did you want to see here around the area, in the ballpark, whatever? Actually, I think I'm so lucky with the timing of how good it is conditions-wise. I'm really enjoying watching the guys here. You have to understand, like, you guys probably take it for granted just how many baseball balls you've seen hit in your life. Like until, um, you know, like I said, I've watched a few games in my time in America. I've watched a few games on TV, but I would have had nowhere near the exposure that you guys have had. So my coach is saying to me, just watch games, just watch them hit because it's like, so I grew up playing a bit of cricket. It's the closest sort of sport we have. It, you know, we're, we're trying to grow baseball in, in Europe, which is what part of what this is about. And we hit the ball very differently cricket you know it's a very different you have defensive shots and things like this so I almost had to unlearn cricket shots to then learn the baseball shot so I'm just trying to watch these guys and just get reps of understanding of their different techniques working out what my best approach will be you know what I do with my leg you know I've got to learn to get my hips round because that's not something I'm doing quick enough at the moment um, so that's a big thing for me coming watching it in real life getting that exposure and then just kind of really getting close affinity to the team, the Cubs, because you know I don't I don't take this responsibility lightly. I do want to feel like a part of the club and it's gonna be a very special sort of year for me to do that and yeah, you know, if we can win and I said that when they spoke to me about being part of this, I said, look, I wanna win. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'll be the deciding factor whether we win, <laughs> but if I do badly I might be. I might cost us it. So I need to make sure I do as good as I can and then I need to get in the heads of the other players. <laughs> this is where I am good. This is what I do in other sports and How that's are you what I will get bring in their to head? the head. What's your plan? Well for that? I'm going to well, food poisoning no <laughs> We'll get the out, we'll get the fire alarm going off in the hotel. No. None of that stuff officially but what I will no, what I will do is I think I want to outwork them definitely like okay. I want to really get an understanding I'm following them all on social media seeing what they're doing in their practices and I'm saying like little things like um, my coach will again like in the event we, we're going to use metal bats right which I know is a bit of an advantage yeah. but in my training we're not using them I have never hit a metal bat yet it's gonna be my first time is going to be in Raleigh He's saying, no, you're going to learn to hit it properly. And then when you move to the metal bat, you know, it should be a little bit easier. And we'll hit that further. Likewise, we hit it off a stage in the event, which I've never done either. So these things are going to help me hopefully improve. I'm sure their coaches are doing the same thing, but I want to look for these marginal gains wherever I can, because as long as I'm improving and as long as I am the best I can be on the day, that's all I can really expect. But, um, you know, I hope they think the same, because otherwise I'm coming for them. Okay. So... If you could ask some of these Cubs players or coaches, if you could pick their brains for a few minutes, and what would you ask them to try to help yourself get to that point, like you said, to, to help your team win this this event later? I think I think the mental side of it is massive, right? Okay. So I want to talk to some of these hitters and be like, you know, because we have this, this five ball period as well we can call upon where we get double points, and I need to make sure I'm in the right frame of mind when I call upon that, you know, because... If you get it wrong and you get caught in the home run derby, actually it's double points for the opposition as well. So I've got to make sure I'm mentally strong. If I have a bad hit, I need my coach has been telling me as well, you know, just slow down, just take a minute, compose yourself, get your positioning back. And I want to talk to some of the guys about that, like what do they do mentally to get themselves in the zone? You know, even just watching some of the warm-ups the guys have been hitting, like they're so consistent. I've just got to learn as much as I can in this small period that that um, ability to control the mind, I think is really important, especially if it's not going to plan. Uh, and just yeah, any tips they've got for me, man. Like it's, they, they're not going to turn me into an expert overnight. I'm not going to hit 10,000 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if they can give me a little snippet that might help me in the moment, that'd be great. What position would you play in the field? I know you're not going to do it here, but like you know, <laughs> David Ross calls on you. You need to go out there. What are you playing? Center field? Are you catching? Where are you at? I would probably put that question back to you and say, what okay. would be the most like 
damage limitation, where would you put a player? Like in soccer, if you wanted to hide a player, you'd put him like at the side of the defence. You'd be like, you, you've got the centre-backs covering you. Where would you put me as someone like, let's be honest, I'm not going to be anywhere near these guys. So would maybe you put me out in the field somewhere? Maybe second base, because the base. with the shifting, you could just have like the shortstop directly behind you. And then when the ball hits you, you just kind of get out of the way. Okay. Like, would that work? Or I'll do outfield? what I'm told. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the outfield, it's tough because obviously you're the only, you're like you're on an island out yes, there. Yeah. So that would be really hard, I feel like. And then dealing with the ivy and there's brick underneath it. I heard, so. I heard this. Yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah. I've done a bit of catchment practice. Obviously, that's part of it as well. And I've got used to the glove and stuff, but I've not done anywhere near as much catching as I have hitting. So uh, that's another thing I want to improve. But that's different as well. Little things like, again, you guys will take it for granted, but, you know, le re leaning across with my left hand to catch rather mm -hmm. than going with my predominant right hand that hasn't got the glove on. These are things <laughs> that I've never done before. So it's just understanding that. But the glove is amazing. Like, it just adds, it's just like, I mean, I've got not even big hands, which is probably another bit of a disadvantage for me. But it's like, it makes me my hand like four times the size. I'm catching things that I would never think I could catch. Yeah. So I love it. I really like it. And I just want to get as much practice in as possible. That's another big change from cricket to baseball, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The ball, I was looking it up earlier because I was trying to think which, which ball's heavier. So cricket ball's like a quarter of an ounce heavier than a baseball. They're both okay. pretty similar uh, in weight. And either way, you don't want to get hit by one. <laughs> yeah, so the, glove, yeah. the glove helps a lot. And yeah, I mean, I'm just we were just filming in the, in the up there in the bleachers, and these guys are like hitting it in there every time or every other time. The like, consistency is so good. So if I can get like five percent as good as these guys, it might help us get over the line. Last one for you. I know you've experienced. You went to Pequods and you've yeah. been to Millennium Park. Like, what are the other things you're doing in Chicago in your couple of days here? Yeah, we don't have a lot of time, unfortunately. But yeah, we went down to the Millennium Park today. I, I've been here once before, but Lewis is with me as well. So I went to show him. We went to take the pictures by the the bean. Um, we had some nice uh, brisket and pancakes. Brisket, not brisket. Skillet. <laughs> yeah, okay. brisket. Something different. Um, we had some skillet and pancakes this morning. Um, but yeah, the deep deep uh, pan pizza is unbelievable. Like, it's just we don't have that. Yeah, we have we have weak imitations of like New York style pizza, but yeah. we don't have a deep pan. Like, and it's unbelievable. I was like, oh, how many should we get? And the guy was like, you want to get like one between you? I was like, yeah. Come on, I'll be fine. We didn't finish it. <laughs> Did you get just one then? Yeah, we had. Well, it was like, a, yeah, I think it was like, oh, was it like, twelve inches? I think. Yeah. But we were like, and I was hungry, and it, yeah, we took some back with us because it was uh, it was so good. I wouldn't let it go to waste, but I couldn't finish it one go. And that's another thing that's different here is the the, the food size. It's just we. I could get, I could put on a lot of weight here if I wasn't careful. Yeah. Well, that's not good for your training, but maybe, exactly. maybe it helps right now. You know, you add some bulk and Keep then you go. Power. And, yeah, exactly. for sure. Yeah. Well, Spencer, thank you very much. We appreciate you stopping by, and good to see you here. Thank you very much. Come on, the Cubs. <laughs> All right, that was an exciting podcast we had here. A couple of different, very unique interviews between Fergie and Spencer as well. So we appreciate both of their time, and obviously just the, the Fergie day here in general at Wrigley Field was amazing. So be sure to download and subscribe our podcast. And check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we are sponsored by Wintrust, and we'll see you next week.